And, and once again, going back to this idea that you're always going to live in this tension, you know, some people feel that and they feel like they're in danger or that there's something wrong. And I'm going to suggest absolutely not. That is just part of what it's like to be in a real living, mm-hmm. working relationship. Yeah. And sometimes you're not okay, but I can still be okay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I need to be there for you. Other times you may need space mm-hmm. to be okay. Hi, I'm Carrie Korn, a brand new therapist, and I'm Susan Goss, a seasoned therapist. Susan has been my mentor for years, and we love talking about therapy, faith, and relationships. So join us as we share some tangible truths with you. So welcome to another episode of Tangible Truths Podcast. We're actually on the road today. We are recording from Fresh Roots Family Counseling in Rogers. And Susan and I are super excited because we've stolen one of the counselors at Fresh Roots to join us on the podcast today. So Susan, introduce our guests for us. We are so excited to have Brad Franklin with us, Carrie. Hi, Brad. How are you, Susan? Just fine. Good to see you. We have known each other for... 30 years? 30 years, Susan. Wow. Wow. That's a long friendship. Long time. And we still love each other. We absolutely (laughs) do. You and Steve are two very special people. Yes, as are you and Beth. So, Brad is president of Fresh Roots Counseling. And Brad is a dear friend of mine. He's a phenomenal therapist. And Brad is sitting with us with an orange cast on his (laughs) leg. Because he's also quite adventuresome and thought canoeing the river sounded like a good time. Yet, he had a horrible accident. (laughs) The canoe turned over. His leg got stuck uh, on the sandbar. And here we are. Here we are. How are you doing, Brad? I'm hanging in there, learning lessons from this. Uh, I'm sure you have. And that might be another podcast. Probably is. (laughs) Lessons learned. Lessons learned. How does a guy who goes constantly learn how to sit and recover from an accident? It ain't easy. (laughs) It ain't easy. I definitely think there's another podcast in the future. I do. I honestly do. But we're glad you recovered. Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, you're getting around quite well. And today we decided to have Brad join us on the podcast because I'm constantly picking Brad's brain as a new therapist. I want to learn from his years of wisdom. And so he's so gracious to share things with me. And actually, a week ago, we were sitting in Brad's office and I was like, Brad, why do you have two hula hoops in your office? Which turned into a phenomenal conversation. And I texted Susan and I was like, we have to have Brad on the podcast to talk about his hula hoops. And she was like, what are you talking about? So if you hear any weird noises on the podcast today, it's because Brad has two hula hoops and he's doing his best to hold them still right now. (laughs) But it's really, okay, we're going to talk about the hula hoops in a little bit, but we really want to talk about differentiation. And so Susan, why don't you give us kind of an overview of what differentiation is? Differentiation is a, it's a word that we talk about, Brad, all the time in therapy. And Carrie, you're starting to talk mm-hmm. about it all the time as you see clients. So it's a very important word when we're talking about health of a client, when we're talking about our own health. Actually, differentiation can be put on a scale like zero to 100. Mm-hmm. Nobody is zero, of course, and nobody is 100. But in our lifespan, we all want to pursue a higher level of differentiation. Mm-hmm. Example. Okay. A lower level of differentiation would be if I said, Carrie, Brad, where do y'all want to go to lunch? I don't know, Susan. Where do you want to go to lunch? Well, I mean, I'm asking y'all. Where do y'all want to go I don't care, Susan. I we don't can care. go to lunch where, wherever where you, you want. Go? And sometimes we really don't care. 
But somebody may really be allergic to something, but you're not saying it. And you go anyway, and you just choke it down. Yeah. (laughs) It's like you don't have your own identity. You just kind of mm -hmm. pick up the identity of the people around you just to fit in or to get along or be accepted. That's exactly right. And so a higher level of differentiation is I know who I am. I know what I believe in, and I'm able to stand up and say it and stand for that. Uh, Differentiation is finding a balance of being oneself and being in relationship with someone else. Mm -hmm. So who you are individually, yet getting in that group of people, and even though they might identify with something else or have an opinion, you're able to say, that is awesome. I appreciate your opinion. This is mine, mm-hmm. and it may differ from theirs. That is especially important for us as believers. Mm-hmm. So our identity rests in Christ, okay? So if our identity rests in Christ, then we know who we are. Right. Our identity doesn't rest in other people telling us who we are. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that is free. Yeah. But the highest level a differentiation is being okay with others not being okay with us. That's a tough one. That is yeah. a tough one because we, as people pleasers, especially, this is very hard. And I was a born people pleaser. Mm-hmm. So this has been a journey throughout a lifespan to be able to be okay with others not being okay with me. Mm-hmm. I'm so much better at this in adulthood, but that's by the grace of God. Because, of course, I would want people to be okay with me. Right. But if they're not, if I'm good with God, like my plumb line, then okay. And the model for that was Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of times we think, you know, differentiation, obviously in marriage and then adult child to parent relationships. Yes. These are places where that kind of plays out. But this can be any relationship. Any relationship. This can be a coworker, a peer, any relationship. There's differentiation that takes place. Yes. All relationships. Because we'll have a tendency to take things personally from anyone, Mm -hmm. any human. If you're highly differentiated, you're not going to take things as personally as you would right. if you're a lower differentiated. Yeah. And that's yeah. so freeing yes. to be in that place. Yeah. So this plays out in every relationship, but we're going to dig in a little bit to how this kind of plays out in marriage because yes. both Brad and Susan, you two are kind of like what I look at as the epitome of a great marriage counselor. You guys work with couples day in and day out on issues that relate to marriage and differentiation is a big one when it comes to the marital relationship. So Brad, kind of give us like a little bit of insight on how this plays out in marriage. And like while Brad's explaining this, just, you know, if you're not married, this can be translated to any relationship that you have in your life where differentiation can be a problem. Absolutely. Let me go back and, and piggyback on what Susan's saying. You know, the first time that we typically become aware of differentiation as human beings is when you go from being a child to being a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're a child, what your parents want you to do, what your parents believe, what your parents want to eat, they, they run the show as they should. But starting in your teenage years, you start to recognize, hey, I have some opinions of my own that I didn't used to have. And you meet other people and soon other people besides your parents start influencing you. And so as teenagers, this is the process that plays out and is a lot about growing up and going from being a child to being a young adult. Mm -hmm. But that didn't stop just there. 
all of us, no matter what our age, we are still growing in this issue of being connected and differentiated. We're always going to be in that tension. Mm-hmm. You know, the next place that thing's really going to show up, as Carrie's pointing out, is in the marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. Because we know part of how God has designed this thing is where I become one flesh with somebody else. And yet, to be healthy, I still need to be an individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where my hula hoops come in here. Oh, uh, good. These little hula hoops here. So um, I know you can't see these, but if you could imagine, I've got two hula hoops and one is a pink one and one is a blue one. What each of these hoops represents is this. That hoop represents the place where a person takes place. This is where you live, you love, you laugh, you cry, you feel, you think. You take place inside of that space. Mm-hmm. Now, physically, your body is the physical limits of your space. But even beyond that, we have that emotional space, right? While you can't see emotional space, you feel it when you cross it with people. Mm-hmm. And part of, once again, a marriage and a romantic relationship is, you know, you become interested in knowing what's going on in that person's space. Mm-hmm. They become interested in knowing what's going on in your space. And so I take these hula hoops and lay them on the ground, and I overlap them to some degree, that's what a relationship's going to look like. Where so it's a little bit like a Venn diagram of, yes. like, there's a separate, two separate areas, but then in the middle, there's this overlap. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's me space and there's you space, but there's this new we space mm. that we create together. Yeah. So that's a space. You can't create a relationship in isolation by yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to have somebody else. And so... That new space is not controlled by either one of us. It's actually controlled by both of us Mm -hmm. at the same time. And so that's what a relationship looks like. Now, as Susan mentioned before, you know, the extremes are not where you want to hang out very often because that's where some bad stuff can happen. You really want to be balanced in this. But what do those extremes look like? Well, if I take my hoops right now and I move one exactly on top of the other, that's what I would call enmeshment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a relationship where it's hard to tell where I end and you begin. That's one that definitely couldn't accomplish what Susan said of if I'm in this relationship and I'm enmeshed with you, if you're struggling, I have to struggle. Mm-hmm. We, we, we're enmeshed. Mm-hmm. It's not a good thing. And I think sometimes we think that that's what marriage is supposed to look like. Here you got it. Like we're completely and totally together all the time. You know, it's like this complete and total overlap 100%. But what you're saying is that's not necessarily healthy. Absolutely. Now, are there moments in our relationship that are like this? Yes. Uh, Let me give you an instance. An instance where this happens is when you're intimately and sexually unified with your your person. Mm-hmm. I mean, physically we're united, yeah. emotionally we're united, spiritually we're united, but that's a short-term thing. And as I talk to my couples about this, because to your point, if you watch too much TV or movies, you're going to think, well, if you really love me, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to want to know everything about me and I'm going to know everything about you and we should be able to read each other's minds. That is not healthy. That is enmeshment. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things you want to avoid. Mm-hmm. The other extreme to this, though, is when I remove one hula hoop from the other and I just place them side by side without any overlap. And that's what I call estrangement. Mm -hmm. And estrangement is where we're in relationship, but I'm not really in your space and you're not really in mine. Mm -hmm. It looks like we're together, but we're not. You know, there are married couples who live in the same house, sleep in the same bed, write checks out of the same checking account. But honestly, they are not really in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. They, they have, for whatever reason, through through hurt or anger or disappointment, they have so differentiated themselves from each other, there is no real connection mm-hmm. there. 
I call that a me and a me mm. to my couples. Like that's a me and a me instead of a we. Yes. yes. And you have to have a we-ness in a marriage for it to work. If yeah. It's a me and a me. It's and, strange. To, and the yes. thing about this kind of a marriage is from the outside, it can look healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. are sharing a life. You're taking the kids to the soccer games. You're showing up for parent teacher conferences and those kinds of things. But there's no connection there. And so I think a lot of couples in this place feel really alone, mm-hmm. even though they're married. Even though they're married. I even say, Carrie, that's more lonely than being alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's to be in a relationship, but we're not connecting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I jump back for a second to say something about the enmeshment? Yeah. We're not saying as marriage therapists, just to clarify in case someone is confused, when you're married, if it happens to me, It happens to my partner. Mm -hmm. When Brad broke his leg, Beth broke her leg. Yeah. I mean, because if it happened to Brad, it happened to her. Yeah. When you're enmeshed, it is like we have couples all the time, as you do, that it is over the top. He's breathing down my neck. She's breathing down my neck. She has to know every detail all the time. It is pursued out the wazoo. He doesn't believe anything I say. My words do not matter. Right. It is a constant bombardment of, you know, every minutiae of every detail mm-hmm. that is so unhealthy. You know, yeah. it is. You it can't is have a, a difference a, of opinion. No, or, the enmeshment yeah. is just, it turns into a, like a control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that Absolutely. fair? And, and while there's some people whose personality that's normal for them, right? They, they grew up with parents like that. They grew up in a household mm-hmm. like that. And, and there's, there's a comfort in that for them in the sense of maybe they don't have to speak up or take a risk. But in the end, the price you pay for that is much more than you're going to want to. Yeah. Vice versa, there are other people who being able to control the relationship and run all that stuff, it, it gives a false sense of security, maybe lowers mm-hmm. their anxiety. But once again, you're going to end up paying a price you didn't bargain for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it feels like either extreme can be really scary, you know? Okay. So we're using our hula hoops to illustrate. We've got the pink hula hoop representing one partner, the blue representing the other. Stacked on top of each other is a meshment. We don't like that. Sitting next to each other with no overlap is estrangement. We also don't like that. So please tell me there's a third option. There's a third option, Carrie. And, And there's a lot of third options. Like marriage itself, there are a million right ways to do marriage. Yeah. You know, I, I know Susan probably hears this a lot of times. People come in and a lot of times the burning question they're trying to ask us is, are we okay? Are we doing this right? Are we normal? Yeah. You know, I tell people normal is a setting on, on your dryer. dryer. <laughs> you know, because the truth being, there is a lot of right ways to get there. There's mm-hmm. a lot of in between those two extremes. And so now I've laid my hula hoops and there is a sizable space where they overlap, but there is still the individual space outside of that. And, and once again, because your relationship is a living, breathing, organic thing, that doesn't stay the same. It's not like mm-hmm. you establish that, okay, this is who we're going to be. That thing is growing and changing every day. Yeah. And you can literally feel it. It's getting bigger. It's getting smaller. That may be dependent on my mood, on your mood, on what's going on with us, on what's going on with somebody else in my life. That thing is always growing and changing. And, and once again, going back to this idea that you're always going to live in this tension, you know, some people feel that. And they feel like they're in danger or that there's something wrong. And I'm going to suggest absolutely not. That is just part of what it's like to be in a real living, mm-hmm. working relationship. Yeah. And having to to deal with my own anxiety about that and realize that that is normal. And 
And sometimes you're not okay, but I can still be okay. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I need to be there for you. Other times you may need space Mm -hmm. to be okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking there's probably a lot of hurdles to this. You know, you talked about anxiety and this feels like there's a level of vulnerability that has to come here. This shared space, this we space that we're creating, you don't just create that without being willing to risk sharing intimate parts of who you are and being vulnerable. So that can be a hurdle to doing it. And a lot of times it feels like when people are coming in, it's like, oh, I don't want to share that much of me. But what you're saying is we have to walk in that tension of there has to be a shared space. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to take that chance to be vulnerable. Without vulnerability, there is no intimacy. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and to your point, you know, people, we all have a story, right? And and some people's stories will tell them it is safe to connect and it's safe to be open and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. There are many other people that is not the message they've gotten. And their story is very different because they were hurt or betrayed by parents or loved ones or past spouses. And so there's, there's where your struggle comes. Yeah. And when you're talking about strictly differentiation mm-hmm. with, a, with a couple, and I love the hula hoop. I love the it's such a right great illustration in the middle when, yeah. when they're looped together right here in the middle. And so now we're we yes. instead of a me and a me. Now but we're still, we. even with this we, I still maintain a sense of self. And, and and right there in the in the we-ness of it with differentiation as our as our topic, you are individually who am I as a person. Yeah. But now together who are you as a couple? Mm-hmm. And as marriage therapists, the goal is, okay, have you given your soul to your spouse? Yeah. And that's where the vulnerability comes in. Are you safe? Are mm-hmm. you the safe person? Mm-hmm. And if you're married, that's the ultimate goal. Right. You know, is safety. Yes, yeah. is safety. But when you're safe with someone emotionally and physically, mm-hmm. that's who you want to share your soul with. Yes. And that's what we're always assessing, mm-hmm. you know. And not only that, but if you're safe with someone, you also can let them have individuality. Yes. You also feel like I can trust my husband to go, you know, out for an evening with the guys. I can trust that if his opinion is different from mine, that's okay, mm-hmm. you know. And so there's safety there on both ends, safety to let them be their own individual self, mm-hmm. but safety also to let part of me mm-hmm. merge with him and be one with him and, mm-hmm. in that, and risk that vulnerability. And when you have that differentiation as a couple and individual As you said just now, you know, the wife can go meet friends, Mm -hmm. let's say, for girls' night or whatever. There's no jealousy. I'm going to use the word jealousy. Also, the wife can allow the husband, men's group, Mm -hmm. whatever. And there's no, let's use the word again, jealousy. There's no no tension as far as that goes. And what what's the term that people used to say? Happy wife. Happy Happy wife. (laughs) But but there's there's a a little bit of truth to that. Absolutely. Uh, But there's no tension or jealousy with that when differentiation is at play here. Yeah. When we're you know who you are individually and who you are together Mm -hmm. as the couple, and you have that understanding of the weakness of that. Yeah. That's good. And kind of piggyback on that, Susan. You know, mm-hmm. so one of the mistakes people make in that enmeshed place is this assumption that that my spouse is very much like me and what makes sense to me, what I need is what you should need. Exactly. And and we know research will tell us most marriages have some form of 
oppositeness playing out there. Mm -hmm. And just like in my marriage, I'm very much an extrovert and I need my people time. My wife is not. She is an introvert. She's what I call selectively social. Mm -hmm. If she spends time with you, it is only because she chooses to. Yeah. And and once again, that's that's been a tension in our life at times because I'd have people over the house every weekend, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas her, that'd be once every decade kind of deal. Yeah. And and just to realize that's not her being unhealthy, though there's that part of me that would say, what's wrong with you that you don't want this? Mm. She's a different person than me. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of couples really struggle with that. Yeah. And we take it personally. Well, why don't you want and need what I, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Well, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not me. Mm -hmm. We we are differentiated. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. So kind of to wrap things up, I want to go back to something that you said at the very beginning, Susan, Mm -hmm. of being able to grow in differentiation takes an awareness of who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. I have to know who I am, what I believe, who I am in Christ, and that I can be okay even if other people aren't okay with me. Mm-hmm. And I love this idea of like, there's this tension in this. We don't want to be too enmeshed. We don't want to be completely estranged from each other. So how do we have this overlap? And I think part of that is we have to figure out who we are as people. You know, mm-hmm. Brad, you have to recognize I'm an extrovert. I need my people time. Beth has to recognize I'm an introvert. I need my alone time. If we don't know that stuff about ourselves, mm-hmm. then we can't navigate what who we are in relationships absolutely so i feel like that's that's really a good first step when we talk about like practical tangible takeaway that we can take from this is what if we took a few minutes today to just kind of be like who am i what's important to me Mm -hmm. who am i in christ am i secure in who i am and then from that place start looking at okay how do I navigate these relationships in my life? Whether it's my spouse or my mom or my coworker, mm-hmm. whatever that is. I think that's a great takeaway, Carrie. Yeah. I think that's great. Can I piggyback on that? Yeah. And here's the ironic thing. To understand who you really are, you can't do that in isolation. Mm. Other people have to f- give you feedback. Mm-hmm. Now, you want to be careful of that feedback. Because some of it is based on truth. Some of it's based on misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. And so you want to take that in, but recognize in the end, you and God are the ones who really know mm-hmm. who you are. Yeah. But you can't do that in isolation. Mm-hmm. You have to do that in relationship. Mm-hmm. And as you mm-hmm. interact with other people, you learn things about yourself you did not know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff. So I'm going to close by quoting Brad, who was chatting with us earlier before we started from the podcast. And one of the things that Brad said before we started recording today was we're all living in the tension of being an individual and living in connection with each other. And so we've got to embrace that tension of being an individual while also living in connection with each other. And I think if we can let ourselves live in that tension, Mm -hmm. then maybe... Never we're going to get to 100 on the scale of differentiation, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe we can get to a better place where we currently are. Perfect. That sounds awesome. All right. Thanks, Brad. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Tangible Truth Podcast, part of the KLRC Podcast Network.